on back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast to be named later. I am Noah Hiles. He is Alex Stumpf. And Alex, the Pirates did not lose a game today. Boy. Yep. Yep. You're right. I, they sure did. Right. They didn't win. They didn't, they didn't win. win. But they did not lose a baseball game. Nope. Either. They did not. not lose a baseball game Tuesday or Wednesday either. Nope. And if and if you think about it, well, today is Tuesday. Uh, so yeah, they're not going to lose it today or tomorrow. But if you think about it, if the scoreboard was, we're, we're all competing against coronavirus right now. President Trump calls it the invisible enemy. And if so if it's a, coronavi- a coronavirus scoreboard, well, the, the Cardinals are beating us, actually. They're winning 7 nothing. So that's another one we're losing. But I think it's like golf where you don't want the high score. So Pirates are winning. I think they beat the Cardinals in this series if that's the scoreboard. I'm, I, I'm sure that made better sense to you than it did for me. I've been, I've been staring at a screen all day thinking of podcast ideas, so my jokes might fall flat right now, and I apologize about that. But nonetheless, the Pirates aren't playing baseball because of COVID-19. The St. Louis Cardinals series is canceled. Alex, we're like a quarter of the way through the season. I know when I was in school, I dreaded this time of the year because it was the first nine weeks were up, and it was the uh, – quarter tradition of my parents yelling me yelling at me over my nine weeks report card were you a good student you strike me as a kid who was an honor student I I was an honor student but I wouldn't say I was a a good student like I wasn't a troublemaker or anything but for a long time especially early on in college like it was like oh I'm just you know smart and talented enough I coast I don't have to actually put in a whole lot of labor and it's, you know, that year in college that, you know, goes and kicks your ass. It's like, okay, now I got to, you know, push myself. You know, the, the push year. But yeah, mm. yeah, so report cards are fine, but I, I don't think I was really that great. I, I was a good student for my newspaper teacher. I did a lot of work with her. I actually took her class like twice a, a day. They, they bent the rules so I could just stay there and say like doing a study hall or something. It, yeah. Shout out, Miss Conjot. Yeah, I um, I remember a distinct moment in my early high school years where my dad was on my ass talking about how bad my grades were. Like I was getting like a two point eight GPA, which was like something was not acceptable in the Hiles household. And my reply to him was, "I'm going D one anyway." And he reminded me that I at the time I was five foot six, one hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> And he said, the only thing you're going D1 in is school. So you need to study so we don't have to pay a lot for it, please. And uh, that was a wake-up call. That was a wake-up call. And then I became an honor student after that. I think I got like a 3.6 to a 3.9 after that one. I was like, yeah, you're probably right. These guys are a lot bigger than me. Um, I was waiting for that growth spurt that really just never came. But, hey. One of the days we're going we're gonna to get some of the – Retell some of the uh, Noah Hiles childhood stories high school, or high school athlete stories. Oh, I have a note in my phone. It's literally, it's called uh, Noah's uh, athletic resume. It's pretty freaking funny, but one that's day, not, we're not we, going to do it today, but one day that's we're another tell the Jesse James story. You're going to tell the Jesse James story. The Jesse the James story. Yes. Uh, there's so many of them. That's definitely on the resume. The, the high that's school record I, held, I hold. So far or the middle school record, I should say. Um, that's the next COVID series delay. Whenever that is, that's a promise. We'll get into the Noah Hiles athletic resume. 
We're talking about resumes and report cards, though, because in this long, long, long introductory to this segment, <laughs> we're going to give our report card for the Pirates' first quarter of the season. Uh, we broke it down into seven different classes, which is basically what you would take in high school, about seven to nine classes. And uh, I'm not going to calculate the GPA. Alex can. He's a numbers guy if he wants to do it. I don't know how many credit hours you could get whoa, for certain whoa, classes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now you're, I'm going to go get a notepad and pen. I'm going to calculate the GPAs here. I, I, all right. Anyway, I'll go ahead. So we're going to break it up into seven categories, like I said. We have starting pitchers. We have relief pitchers. We have catchers. We have infielders. We have outfielders. We have benches, the bench performance, and we have the coaching staff's performance. And so, Alex, I think it's fair. What do you think? Three credit hours for each class? Yeah, that sounds right. Three credit hours for each class. All right. So there's the GPA scale, and he will be grading it. And you got to have to write down both of our grades. All right? Yeah, I got you. I got you. All right. So I will start off with the starting pitching staff. My grade for the starting pitchers through the first quarter of the season, I will give a C. I will give a straight C. Um, Trevor Williams, one good start out of three outings. Joe Musgrove, I would say one and a half to two good starts. Uh, the, the inability to go deep into games is why I'm not going higher than a C. However, for the most, I can't remember many bad starts. Derek Holland obviously had a bad start. Mitch Keller had the one where he was injured. Trevor had one that was bad. But the piggybacking has worked. Uh, Musgrove's been fine. Every time he's pitched, he's been fine. They've been in the ball game. Trevor's delivered one good outing. Um, yeah, and Holland's been pretty good aside from his last outing. So I think a C is fair. They have been average considering the circumstances. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same wavelength as you. I'm a little more lenient, and I'm going to give a C-plus on it. But it's kind of the C-plus where you pull the kid aside and say, kid, this is, you're better than a C-plus student right here because i've seen i you know i have seen good things from those two trevor williams starts before that seven inning gem that he had you can check the podcasts on it like i said i saw a lot of good things in those starts and that's encouraging i've seen good things in the musgrove starts i saw good things out of mitch keller before he got hurt good things out of stephen broad i know he had that horrendous absolutely atrocious outing but the other ones, he's looked good. Chad Cole has looked real good. I have seen so many good little things that just haven't been able to be put all together. And I think it's, you know, <laughs> tough to ask Oscar Marine, you know, 16 games in after the pandemic and the shutdown, like, hey, it's 16 games. Why isn't this all, you know, coming together right now? But looking at what they have right now, I think there is a, a lot of encouraging signs in the rotation, but as a whole, no, they have not pitched well. Like you said, only one pitcher has gone six innings in a start this year. All said, I'm going to say C plus, and part in the plus is more based on what I have seen that is not really translated into games yet. Okay, we move on to the bullpen now. Alex, what's your grade? I give it a D. Just straight up D. It, it hasn't been good, and I know injuries are a big, big reason for it. If this was the bullpen – that they, I said, you know, basically during the entire break, like, look, the bullpen's going to be a strength. And basically everyone I listed as a strength is not pitching right now with the exception of Richard Rodriguez. It just doesn't look good. It's no, it's not 
good in general. I've seen also some encouraging things. I think Jeff Hartleib has pitched very well so far, and he's you know following through on some of that promise that he showed last year in the minor leagues that just friendly did not translate to the majors. Uh, Davidas has looked pretty good. Chris Stratton has looked terrific, I think, overall for what he – you know, that guy that you want is, you know, middle relief, someone who can go two innings. I think he has done exemplary in that role. But as a whole, D, I mean, my goodness, Miguel Del Pozo, they gave up 16 runs Friday. Just bad, just bad as a whole. Not completely gonna, their fault, but yeah. I'm going to go D+. Plus. Uh, it has been definitely a weakness on the team. I, re- I can recall numerous instances where they've given seven-plus innings of really good work in a game. Someday. And they, they've, there's been numerous instances where, especially with the piggybacking, if you want to count that, I mean, they've gone they've – they've kept the team in games. They've lost a lot of one-run games, and that's not because of the bullpen's fault. That's because the offense's lack of production. So – I mean, when you like I said in the first part of this, when we were talking about the starting pitchers, there's only been one start so far this season that's gone through six innings, six innings plus. That means the bullpen's working more than they were expected to. And when you consider the innings, I'm going to give them a little bit of a curve like you did with the starting pitching. I'll give them a D plus. Anytime Miguel Del Pozo is involved, C is out the window. So D plus is the best I could give. I give them a D plus. Alex, last grade for this part of the show, this first segment. We'll do the catching staff. Uh, just two guys to really judge right now. Jacob Stallings, John Ryan Murphy. I'm going to give them a C plus. I think they are delivering pretty much what we expected, which is great defense. I think I saw something Fangraphs had Jacob Stallings as one of the best, if not the best, defensive players in baseball so far this season. That was like a week ago. I, I'd, I'd imagine it hasn't changed much since then. I think he's done great uh, limiting running on the base paths. I mean, the framing, as much as it pisses my dad off every time someone tweets about that because he's an old-school baseball fan and doesn't understand why that's important, even though it's pretty simple, uh, the framing's obvious. I mean, he's stealing strikes every single at-bat, it seems. And so that's really good. And the bat is coming around. I mean, he had some good hits against the Tigers this past weekend. But like I said, you're not, you're not putting him in the lineup for his bat. So anything you get is bonus. And he's not really hitting any worse than anyone else in the lineup. So, and then Ryan Murphy, he's John Ryan Murphy. He's a, he's a backup catcher. You know, he's, he's doing fine. I, he's getting a little bit more playing time that I'd like to see, but Overall C-plus from the catching staff. Alex, you're great. You know what? I might get a little flack for this one, but I have him as an A-minus. Right A-minus. This is the highest grade 40. by far. I'm, the highest grade I'm giving anyone throughout all this. It is, I would freaking hope so. Yeah. It, it, okay, they I'm won not gonna, three games. I know they've won three games. It's not because of Jacob Stallings, because I came into this year with the mindset of Jacob Stallings is going to have an OPS-plus of around 80, it's going to be somewhere in the 80s, and he's going to be one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. And right now, he has an OPS plus somewhere in the 80s, and he has been the best defensive player in baseball. Yeah. The, the framing, the, the stolen bases, the blocking of pitches, he has done everything, literally everything that you would want from a starting catcher defensively. 
He has been, with well, the exception of perhaps Philip Evans, whose season is unfortunately cut short, and Colin Moran, he has been by far the best position player. He can't catch group. a ball when a pitcher's spike gets caught on the mound. No, no. He, I mean, that was even John Ryan Murphy, so Stallings <laughs> might have actually saying. been closer to that I'm just pitch. Saying. Well, he probably <laughs> had a better chance of catching it from the dugout. So yes, yeah. you got to go get that. I, I, I know people are going to always give Stallings crap because he doesn't hit a lot. But so far, the bat has been basically what it needs to be. It hasn't been the reason why this team has been bad. It's a below average bat. It's not good, but it's not, you know, this black hole abyss. And whenever you factor in the defense that he brings to the team, I think right now through the first quarter of the season, he has been the team's most valuable player. John Ryan Murphy, like you said, is a backup, but I think, you know, as a backup grading on that scale, he's been, he's been fine. I'm giving the unit an A minus, and I'm kind of giving the A minus because I'm going to be rough in a little bit. <laughs> We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll address the infield, the outfield, the bench, and the coaching staff. It's report card time. We got more coming up next. Segment two, it's report card time, as you know, because you listened to segment one. Hopefully you did. Uh, infield, Alex. From our chat we had in between segments, I think we're going to have a very big disagreement on this one. As if our catcher grading system wasn't a big enough difference already. I went first with catcher. You go ahead first with infield. What grade are you giving? I'm giving them a D. A D? A D. Why is that? I look at this infield and I see Josh Bell, who is not hit. Mm -hmm. I have seen Adam Frazier, who has not hit. I see Kevin Newman, who... only very recently started to hit. And by very recently, I mean like the last two or three games. Okay. The only one who is hitting is Colin Moran. And Colin Moran also comes with the liability with the glove. Eric Gonzalez also, okay. I'll throw Eric Gonzalez into the mix, but even Eric Gonzalez's bat, you know, him getting good. It's like, okay, this guy is now an average ish hitter in the grand scheme of things. So I just look at this infield and the expectations I had for the infield coming into the year they have not met those expectations and yes whatever I grade I grade based off of the expectations that I had last year rather than like actual performance maybe that's right maybe that's wrong it's they just haven't been good in general the only person who out of that group has given consistent bats throughout the entire year so far has been Colin Moran and I think Colin Moran, even though, you know, the batting average is down to like 217 right now, he's still drawing walks. He's still barreling up balls. They're just dying on the warning track. I've seen good at-bats out of him. I have not seen consistent good at-bats out of anyone else in the infield. Uh, I, my counterpoint uh, would be I'm going to give them a B-, and here's why. The biggest problem with this team has obviously been offense, and all of the offensive production has come from the infield. And I get that that's easy to say. There's four positions there. That's more than any other area that we're grading. I guess not when you're comparing pitching. But for offense, yeah, there's more bats in that part of the lineup than anywhere else. However, you consider Phil Evans has been hit, hit well this whole time. Eric Gonzalez has been on a tear. Colin Moran for the first two weeks of the season was leading baseball in home runs. Those are three guys right there who are contributing offensively. 
if you consider Kevin Newman now has been on a tear, just in this past weekend, he really started to heat up. Those are four offensive guys that have been productive. Josh Bell has been an offensive disappointment, but even he is still getting hits every here and there. And Adam Frazier, not great, but he's responsible for one of the three game-winning hits they've had this year. So you got to throw that into the mix as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could even put Cole Tucker into the mix. I know he's played more outfield than infield he's this year. He's an outfielder. He's an outfielder pretty much. I get that. Uh, Jose Asuna has played some infield. The defense hasn't been great. I'll be the first to admit that. But all things considered, when I'm looking at the lineup, they've got three guys that they could put at shortstop and I'm pretty comfortable with. Uh, Frazier and Bell, like I said, have been disappointing. But I know they're going to eventually come around. And the third baseman, the third base production, I should say, has been great. The, the position that we were the most worried about coming into this year has been their by far and away best offensive production out of any spot on the field. Because you're getting home runs from Moran, you're getting consistent hitting from Gonzalez and Phillip Evans, who you put there. So how ironic is that? I think you got to give the infield at least an above average grade because if you're going to go from expectations, I had very low expectations for third base and offensive production. Yes, Bell and Frazier have been disappointing, but all the guys I had low expectations for have immensely outperformed them. And Kevin Newman, I mean, in a normal season, it seems, it seems drastic now because we're like, oh, what the hell? You know, we're fourth, we're, uh, yeah, fourth of the way through and he's only hitting 250. But if this was a normal season, 18 games in, we're not panicking because Kevin Newman's hitting 250, especially compared to the rest of the lineup. So I give them a B minus. They've been the only source of offense on this team. I think you and I are going to differ here because I qualified Philip Evans and Eric Gonzalez as bench players. Well, I mean, I consider them bench players too, but I just I, I, that, that's, I think that's counting your votes twice. Whenever I thought of the infield, I thought of primarily Bell, Frazier, Newman, Moran, because those were the, you know. Real, we'll and, discuss what bench means later on because okay. I have yeah. a different definition, but – We'll move along to the You ready for this? You ready for this? Well, I'm going first. It's my turn. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Go for it. Uh, I'm giving a D to the outfield, and I feel like that's even being lenient. Um, Reynolds has been great defensively, and while he has been better offensively, it's still not the offensive production you need from him. They came into this year with – only a couple of sure things in that lineup, and he was the surest of the sure things, and he has been disappointing uh, at the plate. And it's going to get better. He's starting to barrel the ball more. But as of right now, if he's your best player from the outfield, that's a problem. They're playing a guy who has never played outfield in his life. They're consistently right now. That's a problem. Gregory Polanco couldn't hit water if he fell out of boat sometimes, it looks like. He's just swinging and missing at everything. When he gets contact with it, it gets hit hard, but it's only happened 12 times this year. That's a problem. Guillermo is already down in the – he's already back in Altoona. You know, they signed him. Dyson hasn't really been that great offensively. There's just been nothing. Compared to last year, 2019, the first half of the season, where everyone in the outfield was hitting, this is the exact opposite this year. They have no offensive production. And defense, aside from Reynolds – Dyson's, I guess, been fine defensively. But the rest of them, eh, not good. It's definitely been a weakness for the team. I give it a D. Alex, what do you think? 
F. I'm, yeah. I, this is my only failing grade out of the bunch, but just F. Like, again, based off of expectations, like I, I expected Dyson to at least get on base. He he hasn't done it. Whenever he has gone base, he's shown, you know, the, that speed. You know, he's he shown. one game. Yeah. Yeah, basically. But <laughs> he won that game almost with his legs. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I could give you a very clear pathway like, hey, that infield's playing back if they're up two runs rather than, you know, 10 yeah. run on third. Uh, Reynolds, the bat has just been bad, and he kind of just looks lost at times up there, just swinging at the plate. It looks like he's less crouched in his you know, stance. He's been tweaking that stance. It just hasn't worked. Uh, Polanco, oh, my goodness, Polanco, just, just bad, just bad, bad, bad swings. You know, a lot of chase, a lot of hard time catching up to velocity. Guillermo's gone. Uh, just honestly, perhaps the best outfielder out of the bunch so far is Cole Tucker. Yeah. I mean, Reynolds has provided great defense, but besides that, there hasn't been a whole lot of the outfield. And considering the expectations I had for the group, F. All right. Bench. Alex, let's hear your analysis, explanation, and grade for the bench. My, I define bench by people coming into the year, people that I did not really expect to, you know, be everyday starters. Like, Philip Evans kind of became like a quasi-everyday starter, but I always still kind of considered him a bench player. He was kind of playing in place because Carl Moran was DHing, or Josh Bell was DHing, and Moran was at first. Or, you know, it was really... Like, hey, Phil Evans is in the lineup today. It's someone else is getting the day off, and Phil Evans is going to get that time instead. And I kind of feel the same way for Eric Gonzalez on how that's gone. So all things considered with the bench and, you know, John Ryan Murphy and Jose Osuna and how he didn't impress enough and he got optioned, um, all things considered, I give the bench a B plus. I think they have been – there have been plenty of pleasant surprises out of that grouping uh it's it's probably been the one real bright spot out of this team besides besides the catching and then again i don't blame people if they aren't as high on the catching as i am but yeah they found a couple people i don't know phil evans batted ball profile didn't exactly you know reflect how well he you know his batting average was there were there were a lot of c9 singles a lot of infield hits and that group so I don't think you know that was really reflective of what Phil Evans can do as a major leaguer but that body of work what Eric Gonzalez has done what Murphy has done I'm gonna give him a B plus overall I'm gonna give him a C and I think it's just because we have different definitions of the bench I what you described as bench players this is why I can't go by that there's been 16 games they've had 16 different lineups to me that means every single person on this team is a regular starter that's what that means. Everyone's getting equal opportunities. There's been, I think, two guys. I think Frazier's played every single game. And that might be it. Moran's had an off day. Bell's had an off day now. Uh, I can't think of anyone. Oh, Reynolds. Reynolds and, Reynolds and uh, Frazier, I think, are the only two players on this team that have played every single game, started every single Frazier game. Frazier even got a day off. Okay. So there you go. Brian Reynolds is the only one. Everyone's a starter on this team. So I, I don't really know how to go from your definition. I get what you're saying, but I don't know. I looked at this team as the right side of the infield was a lock, and I guess Newman, I don't know. You're not necessarily wrong, 
but I just have a different definition. The way I define bench performance is by late, late inning performance. And that's when this team has been at its best because late in the game is after pinch is when pinch hitting at bats take place. And when defensive substitutions take place. And that's when this team has been at its best. It's not when the starting lineup is in its original form. It's after the in-game substitutions. And like we talked about earlier this week, or maybe even last week, how Shelton bases his pinch hitting off of matchups and everything where he says, Hey, you're not starting today, but if X is on the mound, I'm going to bat you against him. We've seen that in extra innings. He's I, they're not necessarily scoring in their extra innings games, but I feel like all of them come up and they get a hit to start the inning. It's just a base running error or getting thrown out at the plate or, you know, whatever happens results in them not getting that run home or losing the game somehow. But I don't know. I feel like the the late game substitutions have been good. And that's to me how you use your bench in baseball. So I give that a C it's, it's not amazing. You know, there's not a Jose Asuna. There's just not a Jose Asuna because he hasn't been used, but (laughs) there's not a Jose Asuna hitting like five pinch hit home runs or anything like that. But it's been fine. It's been a fine bench. It could be better. The substitutions could be leading to wins in extra innings, but it's not. But I'm going to give it a C. It could be better. It could be worse. You know, just as an interesting tidbit here, I'm going based off the plus-minus scale where minus is like 0.25 points lower and plus is 0.25 points higher uh, than like the regular letter grade. So our infield and bench, you gave 4.75 credit points. I gave 4.25. So we're not that far apart on how we view the infield. It's just how do we define bench players. All right. And now the big one. Yes, manager. I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. I'll let you oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Is it manager or is it coaching? Coaching, manager. I'm just going to go manager. But, okay. Or coaching. I I'm going to give I, my grade off of the manager. You can give your whole grade off of coaching. But okay. when I – I'm, I'm mainly paying attention to the new manager here, even though there is a new pitching coach and they're new everything here. Uh, I'm giving a D minus. The only reason I'm not giving an F to Derek Shelton is because there's a pandemic going on and it's hard to judge a guy in his first year on the job during a pandemic. So keep that in mind when you're about to roast me in the comment section. No, but in all seriousness, um, he hasn't been good but this has been a weird year. He doesn't have a lot to work with, it seems. So I'm going to cut him a break there and not give him an F, but I'm going to give him a 60%. It has not been good. His choices have not been good. Anytime you choose Miguel Del Pozo in a one-run game multiple times in like a 10-day span, I, I have nothing better to give you. Alex, what do you got for me? Oh, boy, they're not going to crucify you. They're going to crucify me because I'm giving the coaching, all of the coaching put together as one giant entity, a C plus. What has been good about their coaching? I, I have seen positive things from the pitchers who really have had a chance to work with Oscar Marine. Like, I'm not going to blame Oscar Marine for, like, Miguel Del Pozo. That's a lost cause. I mean, that's just whatever, <laughs> whatever. But I look at someone like Sam Howard and how, you know. That's oh, fair. That's someone that I really didn't see coming along. I, like I said with Jeff Hartley, like I said with Chris Stratton, I see positive strides with the pitchers in general. 
I've seen positive strides from some of the hitters like Colin Moran. You know, this is the first time he's ever really been able to work with a hitting coach two years ever in professional baseball. Yeah. That's something new. And, you know, like I said, with Bell and Reynolds and, you know, guys like that, you know, really have performed poorly. I don't think that is because of a lack of attention or coaching from Eckstein or uh, Rebelo. Shelton also, I mean, we could talk about the Miguel Del Pozo thing and go into him a couple times. He's been dealt a very hard hand. Yeah. The bullpen that he's been given. And I've seen some good managerial decisions that just haven't worked out. Like in Chicago, he was able to swing the ninth inning that he was able to get Brian Reynolds up as a pinch hitter with the go-ahead run in scoring position. That was good managing to get one of your best players in a situation where he needs to be great. It didn't work out, but that wasn't because of his fault that he put his players in the situation to win, which is really all you could ask for a manager in this situation right now. I think a lot of this is an evaluation year and it just sometimes that leads to ugly results. I think it's kind of ridiculous that people are calling for him to be fired after 16 games. I know it's Pittsburgh. That's what we're doing. I mean, Man, I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're just too occupied saying that the other that the Penguins coach should be fired right now at the moment. And Shelton's being we, given we went five months without sports. We have to yell about someone getting fired, Alex. Yes, yes, we have it all built up. Yes, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna total up my score here. But you gave twelve points out of the seven categories, so that is a GPA of one point seven one. That is that's not a D good. plus average. Yeah, that is not good. Yeah. So Noah has a a 1.71 GPA for the Pirates. Alex, what's yours? I'm doing the math right now. All right. While Alex does the math, I encourage all listeners to hit us up on Twitter or in the comment section and let us know what you think of our grades. Who graded something too high? Who was too harsh? Uh, whose GPA is more accurate on this Pirates team. I, again, have a 1.71 GPA for the Pirates. That's a D plus. I have a 1.93, so that's like a C minus. Yes. So we're, we're not that far apart. I mean, right now the we're literally one here, letter grade apart. We're, we're one plus or minus away. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So – you let us know. Is this a C minus team? Is this a D plus team? Were we both too nice? Were we both not tough enough? Were we both too hard? Let us know. Comment below. Share it. Subscribe. And uh, yeah, engage. Before we, before we wrap this up, I want to give two special shout outs. One to Greg Church and the other to baseball coach 3131. I got to shout out my Purple Raider brothers in the lunatic section. We got Mount Union people listening, and I got to give them love. Go Mount, go. Go Purple Raiders. I joked about a D3 tab being on this site within the year. I don't think that's actually going to happen, but it's nice to know we got some Mount Union love here in the comments section and the listeners on the website. Alex, your final thoughts on the show? Oh, man, I, you are going to get that D3 tab somehow, <laughs> some way. <laughs> That would be great. I'm not going to approve, but you're going to get it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they're, they're letting me do a lot with the podcasting stuff. We're going to have a D3 podcast. 
We're going to have an intramurals. Po- we're going to do anything. Intramurals? On yeah. Yeah, anything. Oh, my. Listen, no, Listen, man, no. if it sells, it's going on the air. If you got an podcast. Out. You- all right, all right, all right. Alex is walking away. Be sure to subscribe, share it to all your friends. Tell all your friends what we're doing, even your enemies. Whoever has a thumb that can click subscribe to all on our podcast content, let them know. Let them do or let them know so they can do it. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms, and we will see you tomorrow. There won't be baseball, but there will be a show for Alex. I'm Noah signing off. Seeing, we'll talk to you tomorrow night, tomorrow morning. We'll talk to you tomorrow.